Welcome to the Entourage Podcast. My name is Paige Scott, and I'm going to be your host. Entourage Ministries gets its inspiration from Psalm 6811 that says, The Lord gives the command, and a great army of women proclaim the good news. Entourage is a multi-generational, multi-denominational, multicultural women's ministry based in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us today as we dive into truth from the Word so that your heart and spirit may be encouraged. Okay, well, I am Carol Hines. I see so many friends in the crowd, and I just, I just want you to know that I am uncomfortable in this space. <laughs> I am an accountant by trade. I am a gardener by hobby, and um, public speaking is not in my comfort zone. But as our pastor likes to remind us, um, the Lord doesn't care very much about comfort zone. He cares about our obedience to his calling. And so I feel so grateful to be called um, to speak tonight and to share a testimony of a season that my family is walking through um, this year. We're all in the middle of a testimony. Amen. Let me rephrase that. We're all in the middle of a trial. Work, marriage, parenting. I know everybody <laughs> that, has a, that is a parent in the room, but trusting in his goodness is what turns a trial into a testimony. It's that trust factor that he has our best interest in mind, that his plans for us are good, that we are called for a purpose. It creates a testimony where it once only stood a trial. That's not what's on my heart to share today, though. Turn in your Bibles, if you have them, to John. John 10.10 10 is a um, well-loved verse for many of us. But while you find it, I would like to talk about a dream. Did you know that God is still speaking through dreams? I've been a dreamer my whole entire life, and I have had every kind of dream that you can imagine, the good and the bad and the ugly. And I um, didn't know until I was filled with the Holy Spirit about six years ago <clears throat> that God can still speak to us in our dreams. And I can tell you that since that moment, not one dream that I have dreamed has been claimed by the enemy for fear. Not all of my dreams are from the Lord, I'll say that, but none of them give me fear dreams that once broke relationships even because they were so vivid in my mind and they had no um, they are they are no more so what makes a dream a dream from the lord <clears throat> some mornings i wake up knowing that i've had a dream from the lord because it lines up with his character it lines up with his word I have an interpretation for it, or one comes in some other way throughout the day. But I challenge you today to give the Lord your sleeping hours and see what he wants to tell you in them. There have been so many people throughout this summer that have shared dreams with me, and I just see this beautiful theme of God rebuilding our character, of giving us a confidence in an area that we didn't know that we even needed, of preparing us for a situation that we weren't sure that we were going to run into. And it was already seated inside of me and other people and my six-year-old son. There was the preparation for what was going to happen based on a dream. Okay, so this summer, 
I had a dream. And um, I was at a large supermarket, which was in the town that I lived in. I actually, in real life, live in Durant, but this was not Durant, and this was not Walmart or Greenspray. Uh, so I um, was walking in to shop, and I noticed something really unusual. I noticed people walking around in prison clothes, and they were shopping off of a ration card, and they had armed guards beside them making sure that they only bought what was on the card. And I saw one of my friends in these prison clothes, and I said, what are you doing? This is not, this is not normal. And so she said, um, she explained to me about the ration cards and said, but I don't need anything on this ration card. I, but this is all that I'm allowed to buy. And I said, well, give me your grocery list, and I'll buy your things for you and take them to your house later. So that's what we did. The next week, still in the dream, I was approached by an armed guard and told, you are now being rationed because of your help for that person. We know what you did. Here's your ration card. You can't buy anything that's not on the card. But the only thing that was on the card was like baby formula and diapers and items that I didn't need. So I put my real grocery list in my back pocket, and I took my ration card, and my guard and I went to the grocery store. As I was going in, I saw a young mother um, outside the grocery store, and she was weeping. Um, but she, she was crying because she didn't have any items for her baby on her ration card, and that's all that she needed. And I said, okay, wait here. Thank you, Jamie. And she said she would. So my guard and I walked through the store, things that were on my ration card into my basket. And then I ran into friends that were free, that weren't prison clothes as I was there. And so as I did, I would tear off a piece of my actual grocery list, hand it to them, and ask them to buy the things, bring them to my house, and I'd pay them later. As I left the store, I gave all of my bags that I had bought to the lady in the front. And she was just overwhelmed with everything. Everything that she needed for her baby was in there. My guard was very shocked. He had never seen anybody do that wanted to give me a consequence, but so on. I went home and found every item that I needed on my porch. To me, the interpretation of that dream was very simple. It was about oppression and the key to circumnavigating oppression, which is community and generosity. Give, ask, and receive. I just want to tell you tonight that I am so grateful for this community of women. And I want you to know that if you have a need tonight, be it physical, emotional, or spiritual, that the answer found in the And his name is Jesus, and he moves in amazing ways through this entourage of women. What do you need? Do you need groceries? I told you I was an accountant. I watched my grocery budget really. And I can tell you that today, I can buy about two-thirds as many groceries as I could a year ago today. Groceries are a very big need right now. Ask. Ask the Lord. Ask a friend. Don't let pride oppress your access to fullness. So when we ask for something that is immediately doing two things, it's admitting that there's a problem, 
And it's laying pride aside so that you can get a resolution. What do you need? Friendship? Can I be honest with you? It's hard to recognize someone else's loneliness. It's because we're too busy up here. And it's because people are very good at hiding it sometimes. But simple is picking up the phone, walking into church, going to a life group. If you want more, inviting someone over for coffee or a play date, going to the park. James 4.2 tells us, and you have not, so you murder. Covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not. We all have access to fullness. Hone in on two areas of fullness that the Lord has been talking to me about this year. The first, first, let me get back to John 10.10. I know I asked you to go there. So let's read that. The thief comes only to steal. I came so that they would have life and have it abundantly. Thank you. Okay. Is that good? Thank you. Okay. Jesus came so that you and I will have abundant life. Abundance in Greek, and I don't look up a lot of words in Greek, but I felt led to look up that one. It means superabundant or superior, excessive, violently full. He has come so that we can have abundance. And I don't know what that looks like to you, but to me it means having more than enough. Having enough to be full and having enough to give away. If everything that I have is his anyways, then whenever he calls me to share it with someone, he already has a plan to backfill or to change my need. There's no reason to ever not give. Okay, fullness of joy. Psalm 1611, maybe we have that on the screen. You will show me the path of life, and in your presence is fullness of joy. Joy is an interesting word. There's so many facets to it. It's a lot like a, a diamond or a jewel, and I know that we talk about those in relationship to God's love, but joy is the same way. You can look at it in one perspective and it looks totally different than whenever you look at it in a different way. It's both glee and calm delight. It's cheerfulness and gladness of heart. It's a fruit which, praise God, is more than a feeling. It's a posture of our heart so we can press into it whenever we need to. it's hard to have joy without gratefulness. They go hand in hand. And joy typically lends itself to an attitude of gratefulness. It's the opposite of sorrow and bitterness and and depression. That word fullness also catches my attention in that verse. That word in the Greek is soba. And it's used several times in scripture. But one of the places that it made the most sense to me to give the fullest picture was in the story of Ruth. And I love the story of Ruth. It's such a simple and applicable and beautiful story. But that word fullness is there. So Ruth is a widowed 
impoverished foreigner, and she travels to Israel with her mother-in-law, Naomi, and they have nothing, and she follows a harvest crew through a grain field. I forget what kind of grain, but one day she does this, and she gleans what she can, and maybe they might have enough to eat that night because she had gone and harvested grain, but Boaz, oh, Boaz, he's my favorite. He's a shadow of our generous redeemer, isn't he? He invites Ruth to his table to partake of the harvest with his harvesters. And it says that she ate until she was full. And it's that same word as the fullness of joy. One can easily imagine that she had not had a good meal in a long time. She probably had not felt full in a very long time and probably even went to work that day on an empty stomach. And so for her to sit and eat at his table until she was satisfied, that deep contentment of a good meal after a long day of work. And then he gives her some to take home to her mother-in-law. That is abundance. That is a picture, praise God, of abundance. So... How do we access that fullness of joy? We enter into his presence like we just did. We come face to face with him through worship and prayer. We get alone and quiet, or we get together and get loud. But we invite his presence in, and he's waiting there for us. And it's not with condemnation, like, where have you been? It's with love, like I was waiting for you to come. I'm so glad you came. I knew you would come. May we all enter into that joy and may we never get bored of it. May we never tire of it. The second realm of fullness that I wanted to talk about tonight is about our fullness of our senses. So we have our sight, our smell, our taste, our touch, our hearing. And seven times in Scripture, that's, a, that's an important number for those of you who like to study Scripture. Seven times by six different authors, Paul uses it twice because he's just that kind of guy. They use this verse in regard to Israel. They say, for the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they see with their eyes, hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts, and turn so that I should heal them. This book, the Bible, was very intimidating to me, is still in many ways, but it is the Word of God, so... I remember as a young girl, I would try to begin reading the Bible from Genesis through, Genesis through Revelation, and we lived a long ways out in the country, and so I would start in Genesis, I would make it through Exodus, and then halfway through Leviticus, I'd be like, what is this? And I would stop. I think that happened about every six months <laughs> until I started driving, and then, you know, it was unsafe to read. Um, but it wasn't until I was in my 20s that I actually read the Bible and it made sense to me in a new and different way. 
And it was after I had asked the Lord to open my eyes to it. So I would challenge you, if you're having trouble getting into the Word, or if, you're, if you know that you need to get into the Word and you just don't know where to start, ask the Lord. He will show you. He will show you. He will open your mind to understand it, and you'll be off, off on your way. At, at its heart, the Bible is a love story of God with Israel. And over and over and over again, God provides their every need. He provides fullness and abundance. And then over and over and over again, Israel turns their back on him. They close their eyes. They say, no, thank you. We're just going to go over here and worship other gods. And it's not very long until their hearts and eyes seem like they are blind and deaf because they've just turned on him so often. You know, this time last year, I was working in a full-time job that I loved. I believed and believed that God called me to that work, and I experienced immense joy in being part of a team. My kids were settled in daycare and school. My husband's business was growing and flourishing We were super busy, but we had a very apparent grace for that season because that's not us. We, We typically aren't busy. And then the grace was gone, and I was stressed out all the time. And my kids were getting sick, and they needed to stay home from school, and my vacation hours were dwindling. My childcare plans had not worked out. There were misbehavior issues with my kids that nobody could comprehend. We just knew that they were there. And as that, as that pain start, and that pressure kept boiling and growing within me, I just asked the Lord, why? You called me to this job. I love it here. Why? And... Ladies, I have no desire to confuse or cause unclarity. I believe that God calls people to certain things for a lifetime. I believe that the call of God is on some people's life for life. And sometimes God's call is for a season. And this was my lesson in seasonal calling. And I heard clearly from the Lord, it's time to minister to your family. So that season came to an end at the end of 2021, and I was mourning it, and I didn't want to start staying at home again, <laughs> but that's what I did, and I, our youngest son was three. I started working for my husband's business two days a week, which was a huge blessing, the very flexible hours. I won't say what I was going to say, but it, a huge blessing. And um, God showed me that I was sensing a lack of availability within my community, that um, there were needs that he wanted met that were being unmet because there were not people available to meet them. And so that word kind of rolled and rolled around in my heart, and I began to focus on availability. And, And I heard clearly from the Lord that this was my year to be available to my family. 
And I also heard intentionality. So my kids were seven and five and three. And we are in that very sweet season where they actually like to do what we're doing. (laughs) And they want to be around us. And I knew that part of this year was meant to be intentional with them. Timothy, my three-year-old, had been missing verbal milestones since his third birthday. And in those fall months, he was having increasing behavior issues. And I knew that part of my intentionality piece was to help him with his discipline, with his consistent discipline, and to help him with speech. I'm not a speech therapist, but I knew that spending one-on-one time together, we could work on those. So in March, I made an appointment with a pediatric audiologist because I thought there's something else missing here, and we need to have an answer for that. Much to my shock, she told me that he had severe hearing loss, profound in one ear and severe in the other, and that was a shock to us. It's not, it's not the most terrible diagnosis. It's not the most urgent and life-shaking, but it was, a, um, it was the largest need for healing that we had ever had in my family since we began to believe that the Lord wills to heal us, which sounds crazy. But we began praying immediately for that healing to manifest. And we also continued to follow through with appointments that we made and, and God connections that connected us to some wonderful resources In April, he was fitted with hearing aids, and then in June, my son Jesse was found to have hearing loss as well, and he was fitted with his hearing aids. Um, It was just incredible to witness both boys, the immediate difference that hearing aids made in their life. What once was, you're just not listening, was like, oh, okay, maybe you really couldn't hear that. Sorry. And, oh, Timothy, my favorite thing that he does is he'll ask me what like three times and I'll escalate my voice and then he'll be like, why are you yelling at me? (laughs) So for Timothy, he has a high frequency hearing loss and immediately the day that they put his hearing aids in, He was able to hear water running for the first time and keys jingling and coins rattling, rain, things that we all just, I I had no idea that he couldn't hear and he couldn't tell me because he doesn't know what he's missing. We prayed to God that hearing aids would get him to 100% hearing until his healing manifested. And that has not happened. He's at about 70 or 80 percent, but he's not hearing the sounds that he still needs to hear to be able to speak and read clearly. And so his audiologist began talking about cochlear implants. And I thought, I have no peace about that. I don't even know what it is. But um, as Derek and I continued to pray about it together, we found a unity And we found a piece together that that is the way that we need to go. God had connected us to a godly set of doctors, which is unheard of. And they are just wonderful. So in September, he received his first cochlear implant on his left side. 
How that works is that the internal piece reaches in and wraps around his cochlear nerve and puts electrodes in place. And he's been healing from that for four weeks. And tomorrow is actually his activation day. So we are so hopeful for him to receive 100% hearing in that ear. Praise God that he knew what our family would need before we even knew the situation. Availability, intentionality, and joy. We've walked through periods of discouragement this year that were unlike any that we've ever that we've ever been through. I had 100% faith. I still have 100% faith that God could reach down and touch Timothy's ear in a moment, that all the hardware could fall away, that the ear could be healed. From the very first moment that we prayed, I knew that God could heal him. And because he has not yet, I know that he will use it for Timothy's good and for his glory. We heard over and over and over again a word of encouragement this spring and summer that people we didn't even know would just come up to us and say, hey, I think God wants to tell you he's got it. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> and now I'm really grateful. I was grateful then, but I'm really grateful now because he, he literally does have Timothy in the palm of his hand. He's got this whole thing, and it's not going to be a big deal. He's going to hear fine. He's going to hear and speak clearly in the name of Jesus. He hears partial sounds now, and he reads lips, and he is a master at body language. Um, but he has yet to experience hearing clearly. And nothing less than the favor of God has led him to this anticipation of hearing. So tomorrow he gets his cochlear implant turned on and he can't fully understand what it will be like to hear for the first time. He can't be prepared for it, but he has this earnest expectation for it. I wonder how many of us tonight can relate to that in the spiritual. Are our eyes dull and our ears closed and our hearts hardened by things that we never intentionally have done except maybe turn, turn away a little bit at a time? Are we looking around, noticing that others maybe are experiencing something that we can only see that they're experiencing, but we don't quite grasp it? We, but we have an anticipation for it. I'm here to tell you tonight that access to that sense, that hearing, that seeing, and that understanding, the voice of God is here. Access to the fullness of joy is here. And I want to invite Jesse and the ministry team to come back up for a minute. Because just like in that dream, no one knows your need until you tear off that piece of grocery list and hand it to them. To them. I, w- I would love for us to just sing another song, to have some time with the Lord, for our ministry team to be available. 
and just to minister to each other. What is that need? We haven't purposefully turned away, many of us. But the Bible tells us that sin and rebellion and distraction, distancing ourselves from God, however small it may seem, that all just kind of builds up over time. And it also says that we have not because we ask not. And so if you're feeling that anticipation for something you don't quite understand or something tangible that you need even, now is the time to ask and to receive. He has come so that we may have fullness and abundance. Um, this song that I'm going to sing over you is very new. It's like on Bethel's new album. I don't even know if they've released it all. But of course it goes uh, parallel with what you said, Carol. And I'm going to nerd out for just a second. I'm so sorry. But there's a Jewish holiday going on right now. Did you know that? Called Sukkot. And um, it's the festival of harvests. It's the, um, harvest, the festival of tents where they um, remember being in a tent for 40 years. But they have four things that they wave around. And they're supposed to be happy when they do it. <laughs> And uh, in Leviticus, it says you take four things, a fruit from a beautiful tree, a leaf or a palm branch, a small twig from a myrtle tree, and a big branch from a willow by the river. And you wave them around and you be happy, okay? That's what you're supposed to do. Um, But um, a Jewish rabbi taught me on a podcast, as every millennial learns from, that... um, (laughs) that these four things trace back from harvest time, from the fruit, all the way to the life source, from the fruit you picked, to the leaf, to the twig, to the branch that is by the river of water. And when you meet the source of the fruit that it came from, you enter into the fullness of joy. And I can't help but think about The parable of the talents where the one who took what God gave him and multiplied it got more and he entered into the fullness of joy of his master. The fruit comes from the laborers that work in the harvest. The fruit comes from the laborers that get to pick of the fruit and the ones that know that it was the source of life is why we even have it. So let's just go to the source this evening and enter into the fullness of joy as we see the fruit that he gives us to pick. He allows us to labor to pick his fruit. He allows us to labor to multiply and receive. And it's only if we know where it comes from that we enter into joy. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Entourage Ministries, visit our website at entourageministries.com or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. 